Okay. Let me make sure all my stuff is right because uh, yeah, last week was not okay. Welcome uh, to the Abject Demir podcast. Uh, this is episode eight, and we are talking to Nicole, who is a writer. Uh, these are the easier conversations for me if you've been watching any previous episodes because I already understand and I don't have to learn anything on top of talking to people. So, uh, Real quick out the door, um, this is still a fairly new podcast, uh, none of the conversations are edited in post, um, and in keeping with the theme of the show, all the bruises and mess-ups and mistakes are, are kept up for posterity to show how we grow and change and learn from our mistakes. Um, if uh, currently my link tree is up there in the QR codes, so if you scan that, I'll go to all, all my things. Um, currently I have my extra life link up there, um, because I forgot to take it down from the episode that came out on Monday. Um, uh, and as a reminder, if you find anything in here that follow anything in here that is a value to you, you can, um, send it out to anybody, you know, recommend anybody, find me on all the socials and, you know, send anybody my way who might want to talk. Um, I'm trying not to monetize people's stories and I don't want to do that read. So if you could just get this out there, um, there are a few links out there that can maybe help with this process as well. During the episode, there is a separate QR code that's going to be up um, for Rainbow Babies. So if you guys want to donate to help out there, we can go ahead and scan that QR code and we'll go ahead and take it to their donation page. Um, so I think... I think I got through that intro right quick, and I have in the past. So we're going to go ahead and roll the intro, and then we're going to talk to Nicole. I looped the intro again. I keep doing that. Okay. <laughs> so welcome. So we're going to talk well, about some you. familiar territory here. So um, I have, I've usually used some prompts for this, but as I've been talking to more and more people and learning it, this kind of happens a little bit more naturally than I expected it to. So kind of where the first thing I start out is, is um, tell us a little bit about yourself as much or as little as you want, what kind of artist you are which we kind of covered already. And <laughs> I like to, you know, start out with what uh, kind of experiences may have um, inspired you to either do that art or continue to do that art. Or, you know, as a writer, what, what kind of inspired you? Okay. Well, um, a little bit about me. I am a mom of two now. That's, uh, that's new. I have one child that has... Uh, cerebral palsy and the other one is a typical uh child so that's that's fun i get to swing back and forth between both worlds um my son has definitely taught me a lot of things that i never ever in my entire life would have um ever even looked into it wasn't something that 
was a part of daily life and uh, he is a pretty cool guy. Um, my daughter is not far behind. She's only two months, but she's got a huge personality. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm just super happy with, um, with my partner, my boyfriend. We are breaking ground to put a garden in. Um, it was something that was uh, kind of like a life goal for him and a life goal for me. And it's a, it was shared. Uh, so that's really nice, getting to plan out gardens and landscape. That's all new. Um, my biggest phobia is worms. So that makes it very interesting to garden. Yeah. And <laughs> you are first one and you're trying to not scream and run through the cornfield. <laughs> um, so... I'm definitely trying to conquer uh, fears. I am uh, definitely on uh, another restart of uh, like self-growth, self-care, um, being more aware of um, different things like anxiety and depression and what where it's coming from. And once I find the root, kind of working with it and around it and looking at it to uh, kind of get rid of it <laughs> so I can yeah. move forward. Um, and I'm at 35, I'm still trying to figure out new life goals uh, to achieve. I finally achieved several of them. So I'm pretty proud of myself um, and uh, doing different forms of art. Uh, my anxiety would never let me do that before. So um not last year, but the year before I started working with stained glass, a friend of mine, uh, her dad has a studio. So for like nine months, I worked in stained glass and it was really, it was really fun. And I definitely have uh, a deep want to go back to that because it was, uh, yeah, picking out like the glass, the colors and the designs. And of course, everything I picked was like, bats or a glass coffin that you can open up the lid like just different yeah. very much me things um yeah so uh yeah that's kind of where i'm at right now um yeah. and writing i def i started writing in elementary school i thought it was fun i once i realized that people who wrote books they weren't any really different than me and I could do it too. That kind of really sparked that in me. And I still have like composition notebooks from the early nineties with like really random scary stories that are not finished, but they made me laugh. I, I kept them. Um, and I went to college for writing. I was published once in like a campus publication and then life kind of happened and derailed me a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, so that's so, all. This I mean, what one publication is more than many of us. So, you know, <laughs> it, it is a, it is a, uh, it is a positive, and it definitely made my day. <laughs> yeah. So, oh. I really got to get better at remembering how I. <laughs> I'm supposed to lead a conversation. Um, That's okay. I, I mean, normally, if you want me to something, I can. I, I normally sit in the background of conversations and let them happen around me. So this is really good. Same. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> well, you're doing good. 
as a writer, um, what would you consider the dream to be? The the, the uh, utmost the goal, not not necessarily just success, because I like to ask the separate questions. One is what do you consider successful versus what do you consider like the dream, the absolute pinnacle of what you would want to achieve. That for me would probably be being able to sit down and get from start to finish an entire project done. Um, I have so many partial projects and different pieces of things that at any moment I could pick them up and start working on them again. But for me to see something completed and bound would, that would be like the day that I would go treat myself to a really nice glass of wine or something and yeah. take a bunch of selfies and romantic settings to, you know, brag about it. Like, look what I yeah. did guys. Like that's, yeah. that's the creme, creme for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the finishing of like, even, even every time that I finish like a draft, cause I'm working on my fifth novel and it's, wow. I've never awesome. like, I've still never published anything. And, and, you know, you're working on it and you tell yourself, this is the one every time because you have to. Right. And every time, like, I have to get through a draft, like, I'm on the third draft of it now. And when I get through it, I, I, I celebrate a little bit because it, it is an achievement. It's like every time you do a draft, it's like 120, 150,000 words. And you're, that's, right. a lot, that's a lot of time. And um, so what would you consider success then? If if your dream was to at least finish something and get through it and have a full product that you're happy with, what would you consider to be a success separate from the dream? Mm, um, I think from that point, it would depend on which project I finished. I mm -hmm. am notorious for having multiple writing projects in multiple genres. <laughs> um, I had lots of things that would need illustration. But I think if I just pulled one out, it would probably be the one that I was really passionate about in college. Um, it was supposed to be a graphic novel. And it was supposed to be a series, yeah. I really got into graphic novels. And um, if I could see that fully illustrated, it's supposed to be a series. If I could see it done from beginning to end, illustrated, um, so that I could show it off to people, they could read it. That would probably make my heart very happy. Um, it's still something I think about daily. Mm -hmm. um, I revisit the characters, the different scenes. Um, I had so much fun planning it. And um, I also like researching. So a lot of it was um, different points in time coming together to like coexist. So I, I took two time periods that I really, really loved and I smushed them together and getting to look at the different things that would have been historically accurate for like settings and backdrops. And it just, it was a lot of fun. It was a project that I really didn't have to think too hard on. It just kind of was very organic. I don't know where it came from. I was sitting in yeah. class. Yeah. And it just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling until I was like, I have to write this down or I'll never remember it. But here I am with all these different uh, life events that have happened. And I might've forgotten some of the names of people, 
and characters, mm-hmm. but I still remember like the meat and potatoes of it, which is really nice. It um, it's kind it's been, of there, and that's kind of that's kind of the purpose of this too is to is to not just for like because we were talking earlier about normalizing, you know, the difference between being a writer or an artist versus you know being a hobbyist, but it's also for us is as I'm talking to more and more people. I'm learning that my experiences with, you know, like the things that make me feel net or like I'm failing are actually yeah. just things that are endemic to what we do. And I'm learning that more and more. And I think the more, you know, I'm hearing from people that I've talked to and they're like, you know what? I've been doing this thing more since we talked about it. And I've been, cause I'm thinking about it because we don't talk, get to talk about these things. Like I know a lot of people, but and if somebody that I know that's close to me, they'll ask me about my writing. And if it's one of those people that I can talk to about it, because I know that they actually care and they are interested, and I'll talk to them about it. I don't tell them those things though. I'm still not going to tell them the negative things. I'm going to tell them the things I'm happy about, the things I'm proud of, and my what my plan is. But I'm still going to keep that to me. And I think that just the idea that we giving this little space to just say the shit that is really frustrating that we yes. don't get to talk about see is is cathartic and so i, I mean I, I i and i'm learning just for me that like for the pandemic the entirety of the two years i i wrote a page i've been writing my entire life and for two years i i almost wrote none at all and it killed me but you know that that at that time you know the anxiety and depression was just Right. immense and it, it just it was crippling and and uh, it stopping you know I've talked to other people before and it's like sometimes you feel like when you if you stop doing it you feel like a failure but it, it's still if if everything if there were no obstacles if there were no day to day that got in your way if, if you were left with full resources to do whatever you wanted to do with your time what is the one thing that you would do every day all day if money was no issue if time was no issue what would you do wow um i would write i mean i i that's always my answer and I, i like to hear what other people say like because when i was when i was talking to michael a few a few weeks ago he you know he said he we had a list of things things that he does as a creative and when he answered that none of those things were that thing he was like well we've been talking about all these things but i would bake bread and that wasn't anything that we talked about and and i, I that's a question i like to ask so if, if you were left with the freedom and time and sustainability to do whatever you wanted with your time to create anything that you wanted to create what would that be in that situation, I honestly believe it would be a toss-up between writing and probably, um, very honestly, reconnecting with like nature and working on like the more spiritual and non-Christian way um, of soothing my soul. I guess is a good way to put it. Um, Whenever I had no children and I did not have the events that have taken up 10 years of my life, Mm -hmm. 
I would walk around in nature and I would just be, and it was so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety was not anywhere near where it is now. My depression was minimal. And I was able to just really feel connected and it really helped write. It really helped to be creative because usually in those moments of time, I had some of the best creative ideas I've ever had. And not just for writing, um, I was really interested in film um, and that kind of uh, stuff that went with it. I was connected to a lot more people that could help with those things. And I was really interested in photography and all different kinds of visual art. And I would come up with ways of smushing everything all together. And it was just the most amazing feeling. And I would love to be able to go back to that, to just create and create and create and multiple different things. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. My, my, (laughs) my thing is like your, your definition of the dream versus success is, is opposite of what most people say, because most people say the dream, the, the ultimate goal would be to, you know, be a renowned thing. Everybody wanted to have my things. Everybody wanted to see my things. It's not like in an egotistical way, but if you succeed at something and then it goes farther beyond that. And, you know, you become like the, you know, a a household name off of it. It's usually the dream, but the success for most people is usually, you know, for me, the success is always, could I live off of this? If I didn't have to go to work every day, because 10 to 12 hours of work and then home, home life and all this other stuff. Could I just sit down every day yeah. for that 10 to 12 hours? Right. <laughs> right. Instead of do a bunch of stuff for other people all day that I don't care about. And <laughs> I, I think I really like your answer for that because it, it's, it's the opposite of what most people say. And your dream is to just be able to be happy with something that you made. And that, that's a little bit, that that's pulling me back a little bit because I'm thinking I used to feel like that and I don't really acknowledge that I used to feel like that, and I'm kind of appreciating that a little bit. So I'm thankful that you <laughs> did say that. Um, so, is there ever a point in time where you did feel successful, or at least like, yes, yes you did? Okay. Yeah, that and that was in college, being uh, being able to have a poem published. It really felt like this was the start of something. And um, if I got published, you know, people can see it. It's it's a college publication. It's nothing out in the open, but there was like a whole like soiree for it and your name mm-hmm. got to be announced. And that was the first time I'd really been recognized for something, for creating something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to actually feel proud of myself um, and it was something that I did for me that made me happy mm-hmm. that came from me with no help from other people. Um, nobody had input in it. So it was kind of like sh- like proving to myself that I didn't have to be codependent on people around me um, in order to be successful or to feel successful or to feel good about myself. Um, and that that all kind of comes back into like the... I just really kind of want to feel that again Um, because it wasn't egotistical for me. It wasn't like I'm better than anybody else. It was just like, I did it. I did it. And now the pride I have in like my friends and my family and other people, 
I have it for myself, and this is a really it, good feeling. It's validating because I think yeah. I think that you know, with friends and family, like I have, I have like I have readers, but they're they're people who I know they have a they may have an overinflated sense of what I'm capable of. And when you make those periods, like even, even in times, there've been times where somebody will say, this is, this isn't right for us, but this is good. <laughs> and it sucks. But at the same time, when you actually get the actual responses that are the canned, you know, thanks for applying, right. whatever. When, <laughs> when somebody says that to you, it's still like, well, it sucks. But at the same time, this thing is me. Like it, it might be fiction. It okay. might, might be, slightly removed from me but this is this is what i had to say and somebody connected with it enough to tell me that right because you know, there's that's... saying this isn't right for us but still it made a connection to me and that to me is one of the best feelings and it's it's really hard to describe that to people when when you spend so much time on something and so much energy because it's a lot of energy even if you're not yeah and it's emotional and, and somebody says you know, I, I appreciate what you did here, even if it's just two or three of us. It, it's it's incredibly, incredibly, it's a really indescribable feeling. So, one hundred percent, I totally, so, I totally understand that. So what what uh, I I want to I kind of have been playing around with new ways of having this conversation instead of just okay. the things that I had planned because they don't really. I've been learning things as I talk to other people You're so, <laughs> yeah one of, one of the things i i like to um i like to talk about imposter syndrome um because uh, yes. this this part of the conversation is for me specifically because it, i am affected by it a lot and i don't i'm kind of trying to mind people for how they handle it because i just handle it by feeling like i'm not good enough for what i do until i I feel like I have to write anyway, and I don't really have an out for it. And um, does, does that affect you? Because I, I have talked to people that hasn't. They, they've never said I don't feel like I. I never feel like I don't belong in this thing. And I'm like, Man, I'm sure that's What's that fantastic. Like? <laughs> yeah. So does that affect you? I assume so. And how does it affect you? Does something specific cause it? And do you do anything to? um unfortunately because of a lot of things that have happened it affects a lot of of me as a person in my daily life um the creative process it i will have ideas i will share them with people like would you ever read something like this or what is your thought on this and people will hear my ideas they get really excited do you have something for me to read and then it's kind of like mm, I didn't I didn't flesh it out because it's living in my head and it sounds so perfect there. And when I put it on paper, it sounds horrible. And then I don't know what to do with it. And then people are kind of like, Oh, well, if you write it down, let me know. I'll help you with it. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, here I am saying I'm a writer and I can't even get it on paper. Because yeah. once I do, my brain is just like trash, garbage, throw it away. How did you ever think that this would ever be a thing? Um, mm -hmm. And it stopped a lot of projects that I had. Uh, it took me a minute to kind of like it's currently 
under progress again. Um, What really helped me though was being able to have like those walks in nature and to have those conversations with myself of, okay, you feel like you can't get the words on the page, but you're the only one reading them. You are not going to fluently write a bestseller from start to finish in one sitting with no mistakes ever. And none of the people that you enjoy reading have done that. They have probably had the same mistakes as you. And I have to like tell myself these things until I feel better. And then I will sit down, I'll write something. I cringe and I'm like, I just keep going, just keep, and it doesn't have to be the project that I'm working on. I have forced myself to write like stream of conscious. I have forced myself to think of other projects. I have forced myself to just um, like go out into public. Um, Like at the time I was in college. So I would go to a bar, I'd order food, I'd sit there and I would just start writing down like descriptions of things Um, Mm -hmm. or like conversations that I would hear like bits and pieces of people walking through and trying to learn how to like have better dialogue and I would force myself to constantly do these things until I didn't feel like I was uh, a little kid putting on a writer's hat and and parading as a writer. (laughs) Yeah. I I people watch in public and my wife and kids a lot of time are like, quit staring. I'm like, I'm not, but I'm I'm, I'm watching. (laughs) But there's a part of me that goes, you know, they're, they, they think there's a creeper over here, you know? But, you know right, and I would do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you learn about how people function that aren't you. And Right. And it's it's pretty freeing to be like, this is organic writing. I'm doing it. This is how I flesh out characters. And they don't all sound like variants of me. <laughs> and uh, the, the imposter syndrome gets me when I'm, when I'm really confident. When I'm feeling really good about something sooner or later, like, like I have to, I have to fight it because I feel like I'm getting close to something. This is getting farther and farther along. And then it's like, well, what comes next is this big step that like querying agents or now you got to start doing that. And then I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I should be doing this. And then it's like, you know, three to six months of, I'm just going to go, you know, get up and go work every day until I feel like I need to continue. And it, I, it, I think it affects people a lot more because one of the things that I've always, and I think it's a, it might be a writer-specific thing because I haven't heard, like, had a, a confirmation from people who aren't necessarily writers. I think songwriters I've heard it from, but... Okay. We always hear the fake it till you make it thing. When you start reading about, like, writers that you admire and writing books about writing and, you know they always say fake it till you make it. And I think that for a long time, even as a kid, like I was trying to do that. And then social media, you know, MySpace and everything started kicking off and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fake it till I make it. But then I think it, it kind of sabotages your own, your own, right? Because you're pretending to be the people you admire. necessarily looking right. for things you. And I think that that, that has taken me years years to get over because um, I, I think that that's something that a lot of writers teach younger writers. And I think it's because they've got distance from when they were in those shoes. And yeah. I think older writers 
specifically when their favorite writers were younger, they were behind the scenes. The only connection they had to their favorite writers were reading their work, but everybody's everywhere now. And I think that it's not necessarily applicable anymore. So is there anything you do to get over it or do you just deal with it till? Um, right now, um, it's, it's been more of like the, the self-talk of like walking myself through things and then, um, allowing myself to create internally, um, until I find something that I'm like, yeah, I could work with this. I could build this better and, um, sending snippets of it to friends. Like what, what does it sound like to you? And if I get positive feedback, um, then I will do my best to write just like little, little chunks of stuff. So like, I don't forget names that I came up with or um, how this is supposed to affect somebody or what this person wore. Is it significant? Will it be significant? I don't know, but I'm seeing it. I'm going to write it down. And I kind of just have like these little chunks of blurbs of random things all over my house in my purse and my car and um it's it just really helps to get it out because even if it's never ever used it's there it's something for me to look at it's tangible and i can and it's like i created that this is something that i created and i did it and i can do it on a bigger scale when i feel comfortable to do that and then sometimes i'll actually just go through the scraps that i have and like piece them together to see if it can become something bigger. It works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. Um, Sometimes it makes something totally new come out. So I've tried to make it like a, a very gentle mom talk to myself mixed (laughs) with like, let's make this a game. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I, it helps me because we, I think we do collect, I think we do. And one of the things that the reasons I do that is because I find myself sometimes going back like a de- decade and I'll, yeah. I'll say, you know what? I'm better than this now. And that, that helps me because this a decade ago, this is the thing that I thought was the thing. And then right. I'm looking at it now and I'm going, I've actually grown and I've actually gotten better. And if I thought this was the thing then I know it's not now because I'm capable of more now. So I think, I, but I also do go back and pull stuff out of things. I do, I yes. do go back and say, I remember this thing that I did once and spend days looking for it. And then I'll say, well, a lot less of this is salvageable, but still some of it is. And, right, and picking it apart. Yeah. Picking it and apart, they call those like trunk ideas, but, and they don't like it when you say trunk ideas, but I think that it's, <laughs> it's fine. You don't tell, tell them that it's trunk ideas. It's fine. They don't right. know. Wait until like um, you know you're so uh, like so much of a household name that it doesn't matter yeah. if you say it. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote these in the middle of the night when I woke up from dreams, but I didn't tell you that until after everybody read right. it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so another thing, I started these out asking people about um, what advice would you give yourself, or what advice would you like to hear when you were younger, kind of thing. And it kind of I started asking. Asking instead, um, we tend to get unwarranted advice when we tell people, um, this is what I do. And then, you know, well, you should try this. No matter what it is, you get a lot of unwarranted advice. And so what I started asking is if, 
if you could go to somebody who has been where you're at at, a, at an earlier stage in their you know journey and you 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 knew that you had to offer them something that you knew they were going to consider unwarranted advice and okay. you know that they don't want it because you wouldn't want it what would you <laughs> right. risk what would you risk coming off as an asshole for to tell them and give them oh so many things um it's, it's a it's a hard a little bit of a harder question and i kind of like that question better. it really is i mean it, it's a good question though um i feel like somebody if i had to give them advice for writing it would definitely be um to definitely work through the dry spells of not mm. I'm not like being on a project and not knowing where to go with it to just start something else to start something like totally random. So at least you're still writing. Yeah. Um, for me personally, when I stop, it's really hard to get back into the flow of things for dialogue and different mm -hmm. things. So I feel like telling somebody some motherly advice and that would be to just keep like, just make up a bunch of random stuff, make up your own stories that have nothing to do with whatever the project is and just just make up some really weird stuff that's going to intrigue yourself. I have done that. And it's yep. led me down rabbit holes where I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing. It's a thing. I'm researching it. And then it helped me with other things. So Something that helps me that I, I try to when I'm talking to other people about writing, I, I, like, to put, I like to take conversations that I've had with other people or things that I've overheard. Like if I overhear my kids talking about something or I'm talking to somebody <laughs> else about something, I'll, I'll later on down the road, I'll let it sink in. I'll kind of keep it in my mind and then I'll go home and I'll write it as if I'm writing dialogue. Oh, okay. And just, I'll write the dialogue. I'll write down the conversation first. Just, just the, just the quotes. I'll just write what was said back and forth. And then over time you fill it in. And if, if you can't work on your, current project, you're at least taking something that exists that you know sounds like a real conversation and you're, right. you're growing it into something that it wasn't. And sooner or later, the conversation gets lost in there and then I've got a, what I consider a concept draft and I plug that away somewhere and I come back to it later, even if I don't do anything with it. But it, right. it helps me because the dialogue is my, the bane of my existence, but you can't have a story without people talking to each other. So Exactly. I hate it, but... Um, <laughs> I think there was something else. Um, is there, there anything specifically that you were looking to talk about that you don't get to talk about? Um, I think uh, something that I've kind of thought about a little bit in preparation for this. Um, one of the things as a creative person that kind of stuck with me as a kid was... Uh, pain as art, or if you're suffering, you create better art. Mm -hmm. And I like, I took that to heart. Like, yes. well, I'm not gonna write if I'm happy because then it's gonna suck. I don't want to suck. I'll wait until I'm going through some really horrible emotional thing and that's when I'll be creative. And that was Terrible. something that I really, advice. yeah, I really had to work it's, on it. Um, yeah. It's one thing to have like mental health issues. It's one thing to have mm -hmm. trauma or something like that. 
that would give you different perspectives on things that maybe would be healing to write it in a way that it's not your like particular event or pain, but it's similar. So it's kind of almost like cathartic or therapeutic to get it out in a way people around you wouldn't know that it's your pain and suffering, but it's out, it's there on the page. You can look at it and then kind of work with being done with it or around it. Um, but purposefully not creating until you're in that situation. That was, yeah, that was like some emo teen angst time. (laughs) And it makes you feel like, it makes you feel like when, when, cause I heard people who are, who I would consider successful say things like that. And it always pulls me out of it a little bit because I'm like, so you're telling me that when you're okay that you don't work because to me that tells me that if if i'm having a a moment where i feel okay is is the artist in me the broken part right when i'm okay does that mean that i'm an imposter and then that whole thing starts again and you get into the habit of saying well i don't have anything to say right now because i'm okay you know, it's like I don't right. need therapy right now because I'm I'm fine. But it's it's not it's not conducive to creative because you're removing the creativity out of yourself by saying that I'm only creative when I'm hurt. Right. And I, I think I do think that that is terrible advice. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have thought about that. But oh, I, okay. I I agree because I I have heard about that. I have heard of that, and I've been told that. And I I think that I think that we believe that when we hear things like that from people that we admire, we, we take that to heart because we want to know how can I do this thing that I do that I know that you've done so well. And then you hear things and you're like, okay, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try to separate those right. things. And I, I think that after a life, like I've read a lot of everybody's things, you know, this is the book on how to write this. This is the book on how to write this. This is the book on how to write this. And oh, after a long time, you start to, think well that's the book on how they wrote that that's the book right. on how they wrote that and there have only been like a hand like not even a handful probably two things that i have ever read about writing that have actually felt honest to me that have actually felt like this is how i did it and this is how you can learn to make your time valuable to you and that that's i don't think i hear that a lot and and I'm glad that you said that because that that's really got me a little frustrated with things that I've heard my whole life. <laughs> right. I'm going to attack the system now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, don't listen to it. Just burn it with fire. Um, just, just do, do, do you just, you know, right. it, it's harder sometimes to write when you're happy. But I think if you can train yourself to say, I, I can still spend that time in the same way. And I right. don't, I don't need to hurt to, to do it because I, I am that person with no matter how, how I feel about myself or anybody else at that time. So, so yeah, right. I, I like that. I, I've learned something new or get some <laughs> new cool thing every time I talk to somebody. So um, and that's always good. That's how you know it's a good conversation. So just yeah. being like, well, that was a waste of time. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I started this, I was like, I'm going to talk to like one person and I'm, I'm going to be done. And then, like, I've actually been looking forward 
because every time I get somebody, I'm like, I'm, I'm so excited. Like well, I, I keep saying this, and I'm saying it for anybody that watches this too. But I, I like to say, like in the last several of these, I've been saying I want to talk to somebody who's a dancer, because if we're talking about things that get in your way or things that make you not want to do it anymore, I can imagine that the the criticism in the dancing community is probably borderline nightmares at times. Yeah, and I don't know anything about dancing. I really just. There's a lot of conversations I want to have, and um, I, I like to, I feel better talking to other writers because I understand them better. Right, it's comfortable. <laughs> it is way more comfortable, yeah. Um, what are, I, I think we probably covered this. I have a, what are the biggest obstacles that get in your way, but I think we, yours are similar, like life, things that happen in life, and yeah, time. those things create time obstacles yeah the so, two most known ones <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah um, mine are my it's gotten easier for me as my kids have gotten older because they come you know they're coming they're kind of doing their own thing and stuff right and i was i was a single parent for of uh, three kids for almost a decade and wow i i got old very little done I was in college at the time and I never finished. Like I was working on a bachelor's in English late. Okay. Yeah. And it, it, it's one of my big regrets, but at this point in time, like I could go back cause I was almost done and I could go back. And at the same I time, I'm like, I have like seven. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. You're, like, you're right and, there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like, do I, do I want to, because that's going to take away from this thing that I'm already doing. But then I think, well, when I start querying people, you know, I don't have a thing I can officially say I, I did this thing and does that make a difference? Does it matter? Well, this person told me it doesn't matter, but I'm seeing over here that right. it kind of matters. And th those are things that I think that, I think a lot of people can understand that because that's job related, you know, that's career related. But like yeah. when we start talking about the creative obstacles, a lot of people don't. You know, and because I, I, uh, I have a lot of friends that I almost never talk, talk to, you know, people that I yeah. almost never see. And inevitably, someone at some point will say, hey, are you still working on that thing? And I'm like, yes, I'm still working on that thing. And they're like, then the conversation of hobby, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're still doing your hobby thing. And you know, <laughs> it, Thanks. Okay. You know, but it, it's not it, my my right. job is how I get paid, and then this is how I eventually hope to one day maybe get paid. But right. Thank you for your your optimism, your it's... faith in me. You know? <laughs> but, but you don't say right. that. You just stop talking to people about it because, you know. Right. I think a big thing for me was dreaming of being a writer for so long and then watching three friends of mine or people that I know writing and being published and doing all these things. And I'm just sitting there like, that's what I wanted to do. And yeah. people going, well, you have a lot going on right now. You know, you've got a lot of other things to focus on that are way more important. And they are, and it's an absolutely correct statement. But like my inner child is just like, but that's what I want to do. 
and everybody it felt like everybody else was doing that one thing but me and, and I, was I tried really to I try to tell myself that you know more than one thing can be important you know th this thing is important but my thing is also important but at the same time like I don't necessarily buy that all the time because it doesn't it doesn't it isn't you know you, you have to you have to find these I guess mental gymnastics I guess is a good way to right describe it I, to convince yourself you know I, I can't right. spend time on this right now you know yeah a lot of mine I mean um I know you had mentioned that some of the stuff might get personal and, and uh I won't go too far down that rabbit hole yeah you don't have to. that yeah. be like a three-hour yeah. come gather on the campfire kind of scenario of a thing um but there was a lot of um things going on with my son a lot of it was legal stuff. A lot of it was custody stuff. A lot of it was medical. And yep. it was all interwoven and just created this blanket of my brain is fried. Because <laughs> from sun up to sun down, yeah, it, I, it was stifling. I, like, my, my creativity was just gone unless it was for entertaining my son or for thinking of something that could be adapted for him so that he could participate or, and that's where I limited it to for a really, really long time. So you when know, I, you know why I think that is, you know, why I think that is, if I can, if I can, yeah, it's over the years as I've had those experiences, I, I believe that that is because we feel like that is the easiest thing to sacrifice. Because yeah. it's the safest thing. Because we know that we're always going to be able to do it. We know that we're always going to want to do it. And we know that we can always come back to it. Because it's it's part of us. And I, I think that it's the easiest thing to give up. Because it's we don't fear losing it permanently. We don't feel permanent repercussions. Except time. Because when we're in the middle of all this stuff, it's like just suffocating us and we can't we're so overwhelmed with, with everything we say i can lessen this stress and anxiety on myself by putting this thing aside that i know is always going to be here and i think it speaks to how important it is to us that we're not afraid of losing it that we're able to do that so while it feels right. like a negative thing i think it also speaks to the positive role that it plays to us as people as creative people so i just yeah. that, that that spoke to me what you're talking about a little bit because i've had those you know i'm gonna put this aside but it's never been scary to stop writing it's only scary when you haven't been doing it long enough after a while it becomes scary you're like i'm gonna get back to this because i haven't been doing it and that sucks but it's easy to say you know i got all these other things i'm afraid i can't manage i got all these other things i'm afraid that i'm gonna lose so i'm just gonna put this thing aside and I'm going to take care of these things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think people don't understand that that becomes a conversation about you were a writer, you were this thing. But really, it's just I don't think a lot of people understand that that, that is actually because it's so important to who we are that we're able to trust that it's not going anywhere. Right. If, and I mean, if that makes sense. 
It definitely does. I know part of it, like I started trying to write again. And I was like, this is garbage. Oh my God, I lost whatever I had. It was kind of like a panic and then I didn't, but I did, but I didn't, but I did. Yeah. And now I feel like by the end of this year with how everything is kind of playing out, that there will be a time that I can pick up my notebook and take it with me everywhere I go and start jotting stuff down and slowly working my way back into that. Um, I, I really 1 million percent miss having my trademark tote bag mm-hmm. with a notebook and a yep. bag full of colorful pens. Um, I also really enjoy printing off um, pictures, images of different things that I find joy in and staring at it and thinking about, like, I wonder what that that um, leaf would feel like. I wonder what the weather would feel like. I wonder what I'd be hearing and then creating from that. That was one of my favorite ways to create from things. Finding images that meant something to me for whatever reason and just kind of letting myself like get lost in it. And that's also like really helped me with writer's block. Um, I used to collect like old black and white pictures of people. I'd go into thrift stores and buy like a random bag of them, go through them and just start like figuring out who these people would have been. Yeah. And then I would pair it with going to like an old cemetery and just finding memes like, Ooh, I like that. And just that, swishing memes. A, and <laughs> that is an old writer's trick too, because I, I have done that because I've heard of other people doing that. And we have a oh, really? store here in town and this lady, she's got all these really cool different things in there. And it's like an antique shop, but it's also like an oddity shop. And she's got okay. drawers upon drawers of like thousands of pictures from like that people oh. just go, these were my family photos. I don't want to do with them here. And she just throws them in drawers and you can just go through and pull out people. And it's like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? These people could be in a thing together. So I'm going to see what I can do with them. Why are they dressed? Like, you know, it, it's, yes. a, it's a good writer's trick. So. Well, definitely. Um, I didn't realize it was a thing until much later. Um, one yeah. of my professors told me that because they were like, why are you carrying around this bag full of weird photos? And then I told them, and they were like, oh, well, so-and-so used to do that. And they were pulling names out of the air. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was my thing. And then I realized it was like, when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that's that's everybody's thing. It, it um, speaks to a natural desire to t- tell stories. Because if, if you're seeing something that has no context and you want to give it context, it speaks to a natural desire. I don't think that it's a it's as much as a, everybody does this, as, as much as it is a a desire to tell a story about something that doesn't have one and yeah there's a lot like of pictures that. yeah and and uh one thing I, i've wanted to start doing so you kind of get to be my guinea pig a little bit here Ooh, okay. um, <laughs> is uh, i want to start also talking to people about accountability a little bit oh, um, yes. i didn't have a guest for last week so i talked about it a little bit for myself um on mondays but um I kind of want to down the road. I'm trying to like friend everybody on my Facebook so that I can, you know, periodically see who's, you know, still doing stuff at your posts and stuff, or even just talking about, you know, what you're doing. And I kind of want to see if down the road, like maybe a year down the road to touch base with everybody and do like a short little, you know, conversation 
conversation where we're like, what have you been doing since then? You know, to kind of keep, to kind of keep it in your mind that, you know, I, I have a, a minor goal that isn't a specific goal. It's not specifically about what, how far along am I just, how much better do I feel? You know, have, have I been thinking about this more? Um, and so like a year down the road, maybe catching up yeah. because I'm going to, I'm going to be checking in like just through like, like Facebook and stuff and checking in like that and saying, Hey, you know, how's it going? Or I see that you're doing this. This thing's really cool. I'm trying to start keeping up with people because I, I want to know what everybody's doing because if, if this isn't helping, then I don't want to be harming. So, um, but I try to share stuff to myself personally of what I'm doing. And I also think that a really cool idea is that we're, we are unintentionally or maybe semi unintentionally, we are building a community of people who are talking about the things that people don't talk about. And uh, I'm going to start referencing, you know, I've, I kind of started doing it already is like referencing things, but I kind of want to, want to start checking in and you know what is what is something that you think that you could do to be more self-accountable for your writing it doesn't have to be like i want to be published or anything but what is something like maybe like a something you would do want to try to do like weekly or like i have a i have a thousand thousand word a day goal i never meet it but <laughs> it makes me at least do something and if I'm, right. if I'm doing something, it's better than doing nothing. So Exactly. Um, actually, one of the things that I had done for, and I was very proud of myself for doing it consecutively, um, I had this really cool book that I got where it was um, snippets of scenarios where you could um, build different things for uh, D and D, so it would be like your, your what is your favorite food? You're in a tavern, and somebody is asking you what you want to eat. Um, kind of a thing, and I did I think like 47 consecutive ones, and I was really proud of myself. So my goal with that is um, to kind of do the same thing again, but. Um, kind of pick a theme for it and like try to do that daily for a month and kind of see like, okay, May is coming up. Um, you're putting gardens in. Why don't you talk about like what it was like or what your hopes are for it or like what's a flower that you think is really pretty, but you know nothing about um, research it and like write something down kind of a thing. Just to kind of make it more personalized, but organizing it by month to kind of collect stuff. And mm -hmm. I felt like uh, giving myself like 12 different months of having 12 different topics with like up to 30 different things to talk about it would one, help me learn about stuff, help me start writing again and, and mm -hmm. putting together like sentences that make sense and doesn't sound like my two-month-old wrote them yep. um because it's all and, right because yep. like there's nothing worse to me when i look down at what i just wrote and i'm like 
what what is that like what, what why it, what does that mean what did i just say yeah. right, like that makes no sense yeah. i won't even know what this means but in my head it's like this beautiful image and everything is perfect but it, it doesn't translate yeah. um so i'm trying to like hope that'll giving myself different things to think about will help kind of flesh things together and uh kind of get rid of that frustration of like this sounds like absolute gobbledygook and I should never pick up a pen again. So it's kind of yeah. where it gets. It does. Where I just yeah. get frustrated, throw a pen down. I'm just like, whatever, I'm burning this. And then three days later, I'm like, sorry, notebook. Let's, let's do this again. So um, outside of, outside of the uh, normal stuff I ask about, do you still hand right most of the time? Yes. You do? Yes. That. And I, have that I, I prefer it. Even though yeah. it takes longer and sometimes... Um, I do, but I can't. <laughs> oh, my, my see, hands, I have, uh, My hands can't... Yeah, my hands can't... But I... That, that's great to me. I'd love to hear that because that... I it was a... I was... Back in the day, I was adamant. No ebooks, no laptops. I'm going to... Everything must be handwritten. Everything must be taught. <laughs> and I have actually started... Like, outside of my writing, I, I actually have an app on my iPad where I it's a notebook and I just write, the, right. I write my notes, my draft notes. Like I go in and I finish a draft on a chapter. Well, next draft, I want to make sure I add this thing in here. So I'll hand write it. And it's actually, it's more comforting because I think it feels like there's a less, less thing, less filters. It has to go through. Right. Handwriting. It just feels more direct to me. And so I, I still try to sometimes, but I, really appreciate that and not a lot of people still do that and i really appreciate right which that, is really surprising to me yeah um because that's why i have like 75 notebooks throughout my house with random things in it um that's cool. and i still have a really i'm still problematic with handwriting but it goes from um print to cursive and it's a hodgepodge mm -hmm. of it. so yeah. sometimes i'll be reading it and i'm like what, what? why again why what was yeah. I doing? Was I tired? And apparently that's that's actually like it's linked to like a, a, some kind of a brain function thing. And I was like, oh, well, I need to research it, but I haven't got the chance to. Um, yeah. It's supposed to, I think it's linked to trauma or something. And I was like, yeah, probably. how interesting. I think a lot of things, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of normal day-to-day -day things are linked to trauma that most people don't realize that they've experienced. So I think we right. should get on that as a society and make that a more regular conversation uh, right <laughs> and it's it's like, like i don't want to talk about it but we need to talk about it because yeah. apparently you had trauma somewhere <laughs> let's work well, on it one of the things i like about this idea too is that anybody anywhere like i could be at the grocery store and run into like four or five people without knowing it that are artists of some kind but right they, either they don't talk about it or they're entering their journey or they're not confident enough to do it. And, and also I think that there are a lot of people who, who just, who, you know, people will say, well, I'm not a creative person, but I think they just haven't found that thing yet because I think it is a part of who we are. I think we, as human beings, before we could talk, we were painting and we were right. making lines and we were in caves, you know, trying to, to tell stories. And I think, I think it's who we are, and I think that um, the more that we talk about the things that we that get in our way, the more we realize that 
those are normal things. And that that's actually more motivating than it sounds. Like when I started talking about doing this, people were my, like I told my brother, he was supposed to be my first guest and he's going through a lot of changes in his life. And he was like, I can't do this. This sounds like a miserable conversation, man. And I'm like, well, I don't want it to be, but that's why you're doing this with me first. Cause he's like super outgoing. And, um, <laughs> and it's actually turning out to be much less negative than it seems like at face value, because it, I think it, is actually cathartic because we're talking about we're not just talking about it but we're learning it's these are normal things these are just normal things that every creative person goes through i keep um if if you could you can kind of look around for them a little bit but i have rejection letters that i keep from famous people that writers that i look up to you can find like old rejection letters like i have a rejection letter where somebody told kurt vonnegut that he was a terrible writer and he should stick to his day job and um carl sagan once submitted a manuscript to uh isaac asimov and isaac asimov wrote a bunch of notes in there and told him it wasn't good enough but maybe he should keep trying and to me that just like that is one of the most motivational things to know that some of the greatest people that i have ever read were told that they were terrible or that they weren't good enough and that they needed to practice and you know, and, and I always had these goals, you know, by the time I'm 30, I want to succeed at this yeah. by the time. And then I move that goal post and it gets farther and farther behind. And then when you get to a certain age, you start understanding that most of the people that I look up to as writers, they, they were late too, because they were all going through this, but they never talk about it. So you don't know that. Right. And I think that it's important to have it, have that conversation there for posterity. So. You know, we're probably nice. we're we're probably we're probably running up on your time probably. Yeah, yeah. We are. I looked at the time. I was like, oh wow. Yeah, I, I, did, <laughs> I didn't want to put you. In, <laughs> I didn't want to put you in the position to have to say something, so I figured I'd just toss that out there. Oh, well, thank you. I was actually getting ready to like calculate and figure yeah. out like, ooh, do I need to go now? I think I should, yeah. but um, let me uh, uh, let me I, close this out this is- real quick, and, and then then we'll. Just give me a minute, okay? It's been really, this has been really great, and I've I've had a lot of, a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. This is not as horrifying as I thought it was going to be. It's not. So thank you. <laughs> it's not even every time I do it, I say that. So, okay. Uh, give me like two minutes. What? Okay, so that was great. Um. I don't really uh, have much to say in closing. I think we, we covered a lot today in, a, in a, a short time. And for anybody that's watching, again, if you uh, find anything of value here, um, either one of these QR codes will get you somewhere to help somebody somewhere that needs it, even if it's not us, which is sometimes better. Um, if, uh, if you're a creative or an artist or somebody out there that wants have this conversation find me on all the things that are in that thing um and if you know somebody that is you know sweet talking into letting me know as well um i'm down for it whatever it is whenever it is um so i'm just gonna go ahead and uh end this so uh, as always thanks for watching and whatever it is that you do keep at it